Sean, we are going to talk about zombie fetuses today. How pumped are you? Boy, I can't wait to unlock the science of all of that. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, uh, something tells me there was a lot of science involved in this movie. So we probably should break down the logic behind uh, Army of the Dead, which is what we're talking about today. Uh, it is Zack Snyder's latest film. Uh, it is pretty much a director's cut because it's two and a half hours of bloated stuff that could have been cut out in some areas. But uh, what were your thoughts in general before we dive into some specifics? Well, it's funny you uh, talk about how it's a uh, director's cut where it uh, should have been uh, cut out two and a half hours. And I agree, there's a lot of bloated stuff in there that definitely should be cut. But it's strange for me because I'm also uh, my own worst hypocrite because, you know, the first act of this movie is the opening credits and it's barely shown. And this is where they're establishing characters, they're establishing emotion, and they don't do that. And so when this film begins, where they explain the premise of it within the first 30 seconds, and then it just kind of starts going. Sure, it's fast-paced, but I'm not attached to anyone at this moment. I would have loved to have seen more of what went on in those credits as opposed to what they decided to do, which was, you know, zombie politics that led to zombie fetuses. Yeah, and what was it called? The zombie war or whatever that, like, I guess somehow they all ended up in Vegas. and (laughs) They're treating it like the 18-year Iraq war where they're just like, oh, we fought in the zombie war. It was like six days. (laughs) It's just kind of humble. Didn't this all just happen, like, within the past three weeks? And they're like, oh, God, I'm a rugged veteran of the zombie war. So I was like, oh, man, okay. This must have been a little crazy. Um, I did like the opening scene. I didn't watch it when it was released um, ahead of time. I think they released the first 15 minutes. But, you know, the very first zombie we see who's just going crazy uh, once the there's the car accident that you see coming a mile away. Um, they didn't see it, but we did. Um, that whole thing. I, I did like that scene. I thought that was a cool establishing uh, moment. And the shot of him, like, looking over uh, Las Vegas before they kind of like dove into the opening credits and stuff was pretty cool. Um, I just felt like the coolness went away very quickly. Yeah. The, the air of this film was taken out of it very quickly. Um, And you know, the setup is great. It's this zombie heist movie in Vegas and it's very, I mean, for a zombie movie, there is the practicalities of it where they just closed off the city of Vegas. And, you know, with the exception of like quarantining quite a, like, you know, a few areas around it. um, It was like, actually pretty reasonable and then they just said oh yeah we're just gonna nuke vegas it's in the it's it's in the desert anyway um and i i sort of loved all of that but then if if you're doing a heist movie and a zombie movie there shouldn't be any slow movement moments and this was really just a little bit of action interrupted by slow moments i mean the moment you set into vegas like most of the zombies are dead the dumb ones are as they put it and it's like, oh, well, when it rains, they'll come back to life. And I'm like, well, I'm hoping to see that a little bit later. You don't. <laughs> I was just thinking about that. You never see that part. And like, that's the, you know, Zack Snyder movies are very, um, I don't know if it's very good at doing this, but they explain as they go along, like, oh, yeah, well, they're the dead zombies that wake up when it rains. <laughs> and you're like, oh, cool. That's going to be crazy later when it happens. And so I'm like, okay, the third act, they're going to be trying to get out of the city and it's going to be raining and we're going to get all the, no. No, that's just that's gone. You don't you don't see that at all. Like it's it's unbelievable that they just took any suspense out of that. And I do actually want to talk about like this character that's saying all this, uh, the coyote, who is the only person that can get them in through the complex left right through shipping container door. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Like after I did, I was like, wait, that was it. And she knows, like from a master's level 
uh, she knows everything about these zombies. Like she knows how to communicate with them. She knows how their packs work. She knows everything. And it's like, first of all, that's pretty unrealistic, but okay. I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. It's silly. I'll accept that. That's fine. But it really did take any sort of fun discovery that these characters could have out of it where, you know, I guess you do need the zombie expert, but you want them to even like, you know, have surprises. And that just didn't really come into play at all. I didn't care about any of the characters and I hate actually I, that's a lie. There are two characters that I very much cared about and ended up enjoying a lot. Um, and that was, uh, I'm going to butcher the name, but Matthias Schweigoffer um, as Dieter, he was absolutely hilarious and yeah. was like point, like, he was just perfect in that role. Um, he was the safe cracker who, you know, had all, every time he screamed, it was the funniest thing in that movie. Um, and his sort of like budding relationship with, um, the other guy whose char character name I'm forgetting, but it's Omari Hardwick. Um, I think his name was like Vanderhoe or something. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I liked those two a lot. I thought that was like, you know, I would watch a buddy buddy, like a buddy movie with them too, um, in a heartbeat. But like even the Vanderhoe character, like everything they did with that down the line at the very end, I was like, what is happening here? Um, one of the pieces that really bothered me was the subplot of uh, you know the reason that they're there having been uh, recruited by um, I think it was wasn't it Hunter Bly who was trying to send them in? Yes, the um, casino guy. Yeah, yeah, trying to send them in, and you have um, Garrett Dillahunt who has been he's that guy that you see in every movie but never remember his name. Um, but he played Martin, and that whole like subplot of the coyote and him trying to get the the queen and then beheading the queen and all that like that came out of nowhere there was no setup for that and i was like oh she's in on this she knows what's going on okay that's weird when did that happen because she's not the one that was introduced by Delahunt. Like the the kid, the flaw there is right there. Um, yeah, the the getting a zombie queen to make a zombie army is Velociraptors in the army level of stupid. Uh, it's just like no, you're not going to control the zombies. You you can't do a zombie army <laughs> like, with with the with the head of the queen, which it, it was just uh, very foolish. There, there's fun here. We're we're being we're we're being rough, and I'm going to be very rough in my review. Like you mentioned the uh, the safe cracking um, when they're looking at the uh, Indiana Jones level of booby traps. It was stupid, but they're walking the zombies through. And it was that that's where I like for a moment, my senses were heightened and I enjoyed myself um, when they are walking through the sleeping zombies, even though it says don't shine a light in your eye. And then all of them in, in a Venkman style. I looked at the trap, right? Um, like shined a light in their eye. And um uh, but that was still this very cool, interesting, you know, set piece. And so there were a couple of those. And when there's only a couple of those in a two and a half hour movie, uh, it gets uh, tricky. Yeah, I didn't know exactly what uh, the Coyote and uh, Delahunt were doing. I loved the idea of Delahunt showing up. It's like, um, I am Bly's assistant. I will be show. I will be uh, accompanying you. N no tricks. Like he, like he was the most obvious bad guy from the first line set. Yeah, like, oh, number one, why is he there? Oh, we need a bad guy and someone that's going to, like, fuck everything up. And that's <laughs> why he exists. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, you know, I had a lot of fun with certain parts of this movie. And obviously, it's a zombie movie. And that's what you go for. You're not going for, like, full logic and stuff. But where I struggle is that I feel like there are, even with movies like this, there is a minimal amount of logic that you can put in there. Yeah. 
And that's even that's missing here. And this is I'm a, as you know a big Zack Snyder fan, um, but I just felt like this was I don't know even the the explanation between the different types of zombies and how like you have a group who are smarter like where where did that go like they just kind of say like yeah they're smart and they run fast and they're like dodging bullets and all that stuff and jumping and roaring and whatever but you don't even get I mean the biggest action sequence really is when they're escaping the casino to go to the roof. And by the way, all the elevators still work, which is really funny to me. Um, <laughs> you know, logic well, technically they turned on the power. I will, I will. Uh... <laughs> yeah. But like they also blew up the entire first floor and there's not structural issues going that's on. Actually, that's part. Of, yeah. I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> that part was a little frustrating. Um, but I, the other thing I want to get your perspective on this, because they don't, they don't really dive into this much. But clearly, like, this comes from the, the source of the zombies, whatever it is, is from Area 51. And I know that we're getting a prequel series, and we're going to learn more about that in the prequel series and all that stuff. But did you catch that, like, the zombies had, like, a blue glow in their eyes when they would get shot? And I thought I was crazy, but then it kept happening. And then you also kind of see it with zombie fetus, as you, <laughs> as you coined it, um, when, when that happens. I, yeah, that was, I thought there was an editing mistake at first. I thought there was some sort of effects issue. And then it's like, they, I don't know, they lose their power when they get shot and they turn blue. It was this very weird, unexplained thing. And, you know, we should have just had Coyote like pop her head into the scene from the dead. and been like, well, that is actually the, <laughs> just they should like, have had uh cutaways, like uh, what Margot Robbie did in uh What's the, what's the movie? Big oh Short. Yes, yes, yes. In the Big Short, that would have been perfect. Here's what's really happening, <laughs> you know. Um, but I mean, it, it is a fun movie. It's just, I mean, I was I was let down. I was really looking forward to it. Can we also talk about Tignataro? Um, yeah. yeah. Two pieces to her. One is that she was completely green screened in, and I think they did an actual good job of that. Unless you're looking for it, you're not going to really catch that, like there's spacing and something like the lighting in one of the scenes, you can totally tell they're in two different places. Um, but the joke that we were sharing yesterday that we saw online was uh, <laughs> they were able to green screen her into a movie and we couldn't take care of Henry Cavill's justice league mustache, which is really funny to me. <laughs> it, it was, it was a level of like, you know, yeah, we can't mess this up like the mustache. Um, I, Oh God, it, it, there, there was like one scene where they just enter Vegas with, that was like really kind of tough. And it was accompanied with, not her talking, but someone else talking with some bad sound editing. And so, you know, she's like kneeling there and I'm just like, wait, is that her talking? This whole thing feels off. And yeah, there's a couple of moments where you notice, I mean, of course, Sam and I were like, Oh, they're talking on the other side of the fence. <laughs> so we had fun there, but um, I, um, I got some issues with taking this movie. Honestly, it, uh, she is really funny, but she's also really dry and kind of likable. And so, not her character, by the way. Like, I'm talking about Tignataro <laughs> herself. Um, and so, none of that really fits um, into uh, this uh, movie. Um, unfortunately, I'm about to say this, and I'm going to walk it back immediately. You kind of needed a Chris D'Elia type. Like, and I'm saying, good thing Chris D'Elia was taken out of this movie. Like, he does not deserve a career or, like, you know, freedom. And um, I, I just think with this... Like you still needed someone who was this like kooky asshole comedian and Tig was trying to be that 
so hard. She was trying to be what this role decided, but you know, you, you just love Tig when you see her. And so you really wanted someone who was just a little, had a little bit more high energy and a little bit more of a douchiness to them. And unfortunately that was Delia. Once again, glad he was cut out, but it, it's, it's gotta be someone of that nature. Which surprises me that they replaced him with Tig Notaro. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I guess they probably were under a time crunch and had to get someone in. And I know Tig, I think Tig is like friends with Zack Snyder or something. So it makes sense. And I do like Tig Nataro. She was just in um, Together Together as the oh, therapist. And so she's good. good in that role. Really good. <laughs> but this, I just felt like every joke that they were trying to deliver with her or through her just fell flat. Like I was audibly groaning when she was talking sometimes. And the whole thing about like, it's near the beginning when they're entering Vegas and they're talking about like who is going to be saved or like who's the most important and whatever. That was the most boring exchange in forever. I was just, I was so frustrated by that. So I don't know. Like, and then even near the end when like, they're like, Oh no, she left. And then she's like, I'm back. <laughs> she was going for a joy ride while she's, uh, she was like hovering below, like just like fucking with them or something. She's like, ha gotcha. <laughs> I really am here. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was, I, that part kind of frustrated me a little bit uh, because I feel like they could have, there's enough assholes in Hollywood that and people that can play assholes that you can get someone to be an asshole. And that, they really needed that, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so we, we talk about him a lot and how he can't shut up during interviews, but let's talk about someone that I just keeps on surprising me. And uh, this is Dave Batista. How'd you feel about his performance? Oh. <laughs> you're saying surprising so i think we're going to come at this from two different angles I'm i didn't excited. i didn't care for it yeah um i just i i don't like <laughs> maybe i just don't like him as a person I, he just seems like a cocky asshole to me um uh man we're really doing a lot here to uh dave batista future guest to the pod if you're listening <laughs> um but no i just I, <sighs> he was fine i think he was fine in this i i don't know if in this movie it's the performances that I'm most upset about or the writing because I guess it's a lot of the writing that just felt very basic, flat and forced. Um, the whole relationship with his daughter, like that whole thing was very forced and it just was not anything that I was interested in. Um, I mean, action wise, he's great. He's very good at what he does. Obviously, he's had some other great roles. We loved him in My Spy. He was very good in My Spy, in my opinion. Um, but this one, I just didn't really feel it. Like I don't know that he can straddle both sides of a performance with like an emotional range and an action range. I think they have to pick one for him in the film. Granted, My Spy, he does a little bit of action, but it's not to the level of like going after zombies and you know all that stuff. I mean, I agree. Uh... I, I do agree with you. Uh, first of all, like, yeah, the script is just not great. And, you know, his character is like the, the ham fisted emotion is just really rough. And him just like, while he's like punching a zombie in the face, suggesting different food trucks, it is just something that genuinely bothers me um, about his character. Um, I think he has this level of charisma that is natural. Um, and you know, he's had this throughout the whole thing. Like Drax is a very interesting role and yeah, he's makeup acting and, um, but he does have something to that, like throughout in uh, blade runner, those tiny glasses were just wonderful. My spy, he does the uh, great amount of uh, comedy. I think that he, 
it's difficult because you're you're right, but there's there's that natural charisma, there's that natural love where you think, okay, he does love his daughter. I don't believe it based on what they're saying. I don't believe it based on what this story presented, but I do believe it because of him. Um, it was, uh, you know, but then that final scene is just truly like, or not the final scene technically, but the final scene with them is truly painful. Um, like, cause I'm at that point, it's 10 o'clock on a Friday. I'm an old man. I'm trying to get to bed and I am like sitting up, trying not to fall asleep at this damn movie. And I'm just like fighting and I'm like, just kill him (laughs) for the love of God. (laughs) (laughs) Just get rid of him here. I I agree with you wholeheartedly on all of that. Um, I think maybe I just want to see. I, I do think it comes back to the writing, actually, the more I think about it. Because I'm also thinking about, like, the first scene where you see him in the in the um, the burger joint. like, And the whole thing with the glasses, too. Like, I don't know what they were trying to play here with, like... He loves glasses, movie. man. He loves yeah. glasses. <laughs> I just didn't get... I don't know. I, I wasn't I wasn't buying it. Um, I also just want to draw... Uh, draws back to when he has to kill his wife. And... <laughs> He opts to stab her in the head with instead him. of shoot her from a distance. Yeah. He's, he's like, really oh, making this is it the hardest thing for me. Hold on, I'm coming over. And he has the knife and he's like, oh. <laughs> What? <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Oh, I mean, if I was uh, if I was the daughter, I would have just come out of the bathroom being like, what happened? I was taking a shit. And then, you know, just <laughs> what I missed. <laughs> like, oh, geez. <laughs> It was a long shit because he was really walking towards his wife for a good like 10 minutes before he stabbed her in the head. Um, do you think, switching gears a little bit, that there's an alien angle to this that is going to be played out in the future films? We're getting, a, uh, I, I can't remember which is which, but there is a series, I believe it's an anime series, uh, or animated at least, and then we're getting a movie that I believe is The Fountainhead. Um, so I just... I don't know. I think with the Area 51 connection, as well as the um, the glowing eyes, and that baby fetus, the zombie fetus, looked a little off. Like, there was something weird going on there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Did the zombie fetus look weird, Joe? It's not like any zombie fetus I've seen. Um, but I just wonder if they're going to explore that more, and if they're going to. I wish they would have tipped it off a little bit more in this movie. It's so unbelievable that we are talking about a two and a half hour movie and both of us have said, boy, they really should have put this, this, this and this in or this, this, this and that in. And it just shows that what they put in, like we don't like, it's boring. It's just flat out not good. Um, When you are doing a heist film, I'm going a little bit off here, but when you are doing a heist film, you should know all of the characters, not extremely well, but enough where you recognize them in the crowd. And you're like, Oh yeah, that guy. Oh yeah. This guy, you know, oceans 11, you know, when they got those 11, you knew all 11 people easily. And, you know, I don't think that could be casting. That could be, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's writing, it's writing, but it could be directing, showing them off a story that like, you know, only giving them a little bit for each one, but you knew their personalities, you knew everything. And this didn't have that. I don't know why I went off on that tangent. You asked me a completely different question, but no, I'm with you though. It's, it's a, it's a flaw in character development, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a, a big defender of Zack Snyder and a lot of other realms that I think looking at his time with DC and stuff is I, I'm going to keep that separate, but I see the flaws and I see what everyone's saying in terms of like how he tells a story and how he struggles to tell a story in a lot of ways. I mean, it's a two and a half hour movie that doesn't have everything it needs. It's a little wild to me. Um, 
And, you know, he's, it's a big lift. You're doing a zombie movie with a heist at the center. So you do have to, like you're saying, um, make sure that we are invested in the characters. You don't want zombies chewing people up and being like, and us being like, "Eh, bye. Like it's, that's, I didn't care. The only character I cared about really, or, you know, maybe not the only one, but, um, oh God, I'm going to forget her name, but she dies early on when, um, her partner has to like shoot her or like set the explosion off or whatever. Yeah. Um, she was great. I mean, especially like her action going through there too was great. I really enjoyed that. Um, this just reminded me, and this is a tangent or like off the beaten path here, but, um, also when, uh, Vanderho is, you know, being attacked by zombies and we find out later on, spoiler that he was bitten. Um, <laughs> Matthias Schweighofer's Dieter, pushes him into the vault and closes the door. And then like after the nuke, I guess the nuke opened up the vault. <laughs> it, it was impenetrable to the nuke, but it did just like, I don't know, do the same thing Dieter did. <laughs> I, it made no sense to me. Like you, it would have been funnier if they like found a refrigerator to put them in or something. You know, oh, like, I don't know. I was just like, Oh, okay. We're just going to throw them in here and close the door. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm trying to like, I, I'm trying to think of what else I was about and it, it just bums me out. Cause like, it's one of these things where we're talking about, you know, character development and, you know, like logic and stuff in a zombie movie. And we shouldn't have to do that. Cause you don't have to work too hard on the characters. We're not asking for marriage story. We're not asking for the Irishman. We are asking for us to like, I don't know, have a couple of moments with them so that we can care because you know there's people that'll like there th- this I, I don't know what it's getting on rotten tomatoes but there's so many people saying well it's a zombie movie lighten up and stuff like that and uh, okay yes yes true like and you know if this were a bad movie that had like some decent characters i would be in on it but this is something that like keeps me without any interest and that's where like i think the greatest sin is is i'm bored that's the problem is i'm bored throughout this and you can't keep me bored in a two and a half hour zombie movie right especially with a zombie movie if you're bored in a zombie movie then the filmmaker has failed i mean in my opinion so i don't know it's kind of fascinating to me that netflix jumped on this and is building like a whole world around it and maybe there will be more exploration of some of the things that we want to see or we wish we would have seen in this movie um but i feel like we should have them already we should have that information yeah yeah, this this felt like if you're gonna do th- this was rich enough to make like a film series out of. Um, and I don't know if Snyder knows how to do that. He just rocks a four hour thing here and a three hour thing here. But um, like I I wanted to see like really I did, this is what I said in the beginning. But you know the war of the zombies in the very beginning, how this spread through Vegas, how that did because like how this spread through Vegas is ripe for action comedy, like where you almost don't even need to have characters because I'm just watching sort of chaos erupt and they sort of come in and you skip the richest part. And I understand why they did it. They did it as an unconventional way. It's like, Oh wait, all the dumb hordes of zombies died in the sun. So now what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, let's bring ourselves over to these, you know, like, you know, cause that's all we need in zombies is politics. And <laughs> they had the politics thing. Cause that was Congress. That's what you're saying. Like, what was, what were all those people, you know, they were deciding who would die or who would become a zombie. They're holding them up like that. That was the, you know, con- congressional meetings, the congressional votes of, are we going to make them a zombie or just eat them? And uh, that was like their, their whole uh, deal. And yeah. Yeah. There's a, uh, it does a lot in the first 20 minutes, 25 minutes, 
um, especially the opening credits. They it also almost establishes no, not almost. It does. It establishes a different tone than the you get the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like the opening credits are a lot of fun and a little crazy and um, different. Um, and I don't feel like you get that throughout. There's not unless I'm just being like really crazy now and not uh, remembering appropriately, but I feel like there's not a lot of comedy in this movie. There's not a lot of comedy and there's not a lot of zombies. Honestly, yeah, the smart ones are chilling inside and they're just like walking around and occasionally they have to like go through sleeping ones and they have the occasional zombie attack. And I'm like, you are in like what is considered like literally ground zero of this zombie apocalypse and they're all done, which, you know, really should have rained. That's all I'll put down there. Really should have rained. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of anything else positive aside from the fact that I thought it was shot beautifully. Like I really do enjoy the aesthetic that uh, Snyder puts in all of his movies, but yeah, this is just such a letdown for me. It's so hard to talk about because it just, it, it bothered me. I'll say this. Zack Snyder is um, like, one of these directors that has been decried quite a bit for his slow motion and for like, you know, some of the DC movies. I think that when you, you see this in the DC movies, especially he has a passion, a beautiful passion for what he wants and whether it's expressed properly or not as the debates that everybody has in this, I'll say he has that passion. It's just in these wrong directions that are, that are boring and just not really paced well. So I think his passion stepped over his ability to like properly direct a film. You know, um, I also think about his quote recently where he talked about like he would rather build a world than play in someone else's. I think this was in an um, interview where they were asking him about like, would you ever do a star Wars movie? And he was like, whoa, no, I wouldn't survive that. And um, I think that also obviously is in reference to playing in DC sandbox with established characters and storylines. Um, I don't know that he's good at creating a world. I mean, like 300 was one thing. I mean, not totally recreating the wheel there in terms of the story, but um, I don't know that he's good at at building a world. I mean, we got a little bit of it here. Like this is, and when I say building a world, I mean, you know, he built, he's telling a story set in a different world here that has gone through a zombie apocalypse and, or zombie war. (laughs) The zombie war. The zombie war. (laughs) Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I, I think that he needs a little bit more guidance and guideposts. This was, you know, notably, um, a Zack Snyder film written by Zack Snyder and two others filmed by Zack Snyder for director of photography, Zack Snyder, not filmed, but you know, all, all that stuff. And, um, it's, it's not the best. So sorry, Zach. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you trim an hour from this, you put another hour in that is stuff we want to see. And uh, you have a two and a half hour movie that we might be interested in. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad. Cause I was rooting for this one. I was rooting for this one big time. This is a huge disappointment for me, but say love you. Say love you math teacher movies. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, math teacher movies, guide the movies, uh, as well as we'll be recording on Monday evening, this upcoming week. Uh, live and then the podcast will be out Tuesday. Uh, lots of news to talk about. Lots of like random news that's coming out. So uh, we'll have some fun with that. Are you watching anything special this weekend? Well, this is um, my birthday weekend. So uh, <laughs> so Sam is allowing me to uh, sit on the couch all day on Sunday and watch movies. So I don't know what I'll be watching. I think I'll probably hit up that pink documentary pretty soon because uh, mm-hmm. I've been curious about that one. And uh yeah, we uh, we shall see. What about you? Today's not your birthday, is it? No, no, it's Sunday. 
Okay. Oof. I'm <laughs> with that stuff. Um, I, I just got a screener of Cruella, so I'm going to watch that. Um, and then I uh, was telling you, and I'll talk about it more on the podcast, but uh, I, I watched Love, Victor. So now I'm kind of in like sappy teen series mode. <laughs> and uh, I'm debating revisiting like One Tree Hill and stuff. Oh, uh, man. Go for I, it. I don't know if I have the, the strength. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, hey, always fun to chat. And I uh, wish this movie was better, but we have a bunch more that we'll be watching. I'm sure talking about on Tuesday. Good to see you, bud. You too. Bye. Bye.